0: Welcome to the happy ever after podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Robertson. And yes, you heard right, happy-ish. Because this podcast is not about chasing the fairy tale. We've seen behind the curtain and most of us are ready to hop off the hamster wheel of perfection. If you've ever wondered how'd I end up in this life? How can I change it? What do I want from life? Is there more? Then this podcast is for you. The fairy tale may not be real. That's the good news, because life is an amazing adventure, and it's time for you to pick up the pen and write your own story. So let's get started and see where this journey takes us. Today's guest is Lena Ehrenberg, and I'm so excited to have her here. She coaches women who wish that they could skip the dating part and just be in a relationship already. Her life totally changed when she figured out how to create the enriched romantic relationship she wanted. And she helps you learn how to trust and gain confidence in your ability to meet your right match. And so if you're ready for more love in your life, then stay tuned because Lena is going to help us.
1: Welcome, Lena. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be here. I love it. Thank you for inviting me. Tell us a little bit about your story. From the time I was very young, I spent a lot of time by myself and I learned how to enjoy my own company. And what I wasn't learning so much were the skills that I needed to be able to enjoy myself with other people as much as I was learning to enjoy myself with myself. It kind of was like that for me throughout school and certainly throughout high school. I had very, very few dates in high school and I had more dates in college, but it was always a little, it was uncomfortable for me. I'll just use that word. I I just was not as comfortable with others as I was with myself, and so as I went On into my twenties and, and, you know, further on into that, I just found myself treading the path that I was kind of raised to believe I ought to tread. And the turning point, the real, the true aha for me came when I was, it was the morning of my of a very big birthday, as I like to say, and I will share that it was my 49th birthday. And I woke up, I opened my eyes and the words came out of my mouth. I said, I am so bored. I was bored with my life. And that was really the turning point for me because I realized that if anything was going to change going forward, I needed to figure out what that was and how to get it to change because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life bored. And that started me on my journey. I started reading books. I started going to workshops and I really identified for myself that it was the relationship part of it for me and everything else. <laughs> I mean, it was truly everything else. My work was not satisfying to me. And I, I just looked around my life and I thought, eh, meh, nah, okay, okay you know, but I wanted more. And so I I started the journey for more with looking at relationships and, and how could I create different types of relationships for myself? And so that was the aha. But You also asked me about turning points or critical moments, and I will share that while I was on that journey of trying to change my experience of relationships, like I said, I did the thing. I started reading books, and then I started going to workshops. And then I started to see that there was a whole world out there of people and places and things that could help with these changes. But the really critical point was the day I said to myself, I've changed pretty much everything about my life. And I had had seemingly, or it felt like a million first dates. So, I had had all these experiences with all these different people, and I still felt the same. So, that was the critical moment when I said, you know, if my life were a science experiment, I've changed every factor except the constant. And the constant yes. was myself. Yes. No matter
0: where you go, there you are. Exactly. exactly what you said just gave me hope you talked about you hadn't developed the skills we were like oh she's just a magnet or this person they just sort of innate and we think that there's something in them that's different from us and that's why
1: they're able to have these relationships well well yeah but the point is that you know I, i heard what you just said which is we think that there's something different about that woman than us Yes. And there is something different about that woman than us. The issue is that we think she was born with that. Oh, yes, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, we make it the problem. Yeah. Right? We make it the problem. Oh, well, she was just born that way. Yeah. Oh, that just comes naturally to her.
0: But when you said, it's a skill I hadn't developed I just think for anybody listening, if they thought, oh, but I just, I just don't have it in me or it's, that's not how I do things or they just innately know the thing is, it's a skill, right? And some of us just didn't have yeah. it modeled or see it or experience it, or maybe we had the opportunity, but it just didn't click mm-hmm. earlier, but it's never too late. It's Never too late. At 49, you woke up and you're like, I'm bored. So it is never too late. I love that so yeah. much.
1: Yeah. Now you just said something else also that I'd like to really address real quickly too, is in amongst some of the things that we say to ourselves, you offered the thought, I'm not like that. Yeah. Well, say it and it's so, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Yeah. The biggest barrier can be our own mind and, and our beliefs. And, the, and also the biggest barrier can be our tone. right? I can say, oh, I'm not like that yet. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, well, I'm not like that.
0: Okay. The difference between the dismissive and the
1: open, like the beginner's mind. Open, the beginner's mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think we realize that we're doing it. I honestly don't. I, I, I think that a lot of us think that we're just acknowledging a fact, yeah. And so many things that we think are facts are simply thoughts and they're thoughts yeah. that we've thought long enough to become our beliefs. Exactly. Hey, guess what? Everybody listening to this, you get to believe something different. If you want to, you get to believe anything that is useful for you to get what you want to have. That's what you get to believe. I got to believe at the age of 49 that I didn't have to be bored. I keep saying that number because after having this amazing revelation, I'm bored. I then remembered what day it was. It was my birthday. It was a big birthday. I don't know why for me, birthdays that end in nines seem to be bigger than birthdays that end in zeros. Part of it is... I'm still here. I'm still in this decade. What else you got? And so I had this revelation. I was bored and I had this second revelation. Today's my birthday. And then the third revelation was, oh, if I live to 98, which is entirely possible, I still got half my life ahead of me. I don't want to spend the next half of my life as bored as I am right now. And that's another huge, huge point. Let's talk about that a little bit. How many of us count backwards and say, oh, I'm already this age. If it hasn't happened by now, it's just not going to. I'm already here. I'm already this number, right? Count forward, count forward and say, it doesn't matter what's been up until now. How do you want to live your life going forward? How many more years do you have in front of you? And then live the way you want to live, have the things you want to have.
0: I so, so agree with that. So can you share with me today and with the people listening. What are some of the things that you do with women who are starting their journey? What are some of those first steps and actions?
1: One of the first things I do is tell the story that I will share with you right now, which is when I was a little girl, I'm pretty sure I was under 10 years old. And I'm saying this because I don't know how it was for you. I don't know how it is for a lot of people. But when I was that young, every adult looked old to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they just 20 didn't. seemed old.
1: <laughs> 20 seemed old, right? Also, the fashions were such that I think even younger people looked older. I have no frame of reference for how people looked or anything. But We had a family friend and she was a Sunday school teacher of mine. And she had been a career lady because that's what single women were called then. And she married for the very first and only time at the age of 72. Wow. If that was possible then, what isn't possible now? Wow. And it was truly a love match. She waited and she lived a happy, happy life. And she then went on to live that part of her life and be happy. And I share that because, again, I was a child. I don't know, but we all make stuff up from what we see, right? And from what we experience. And what I made up from her story was that. She was just living her life and she was happy. And then she entered a different phase of her life. It wasn't, I'm single and now I'm going to be married. It wasn't about, I have to learn how to be happy single. It's just all your life. How do you want to live it? And so that's the first place that I like to start with people. Now, as far as then working toward what each woman wants to work toward for herself, always, always, always we start with values. What are your values? What are your priorities? How do you like to live your life as far as your lifestyle? What do you love that you have? What do you want more of? what do you wish could be different? And we look at all areas of each person's life because for everyone, they're different. Some people love to live in cities. Some people love to live in the country. Some people love to live in the suburbs. Some people love a nice, quiet, maybe more adult lifestyle. Some people want to be surrounded by children Of various ages. And there's so many different facets that are available to us for living our lives but first and foremost it has to come from within us because when we learn about dating when we learn about other people and there are these interactions with these other people in the world well we learn about that you know as children as far as friendships and relationships and going to school and having peers but when we start to think about love and romance we're pretty much adolescents at that point. And for adolescents, a huge part of life is about what do other people think of me? A huge part of life is very external. And that's the way we learn about dating. And many of us get the idea that dating means I throw myself out into the world and wait for someone to choose me. And then hopefully I'll like them enough to choose them back. And that's what we learn. And that's what we keep bringing forward with us throughout the rest of our lives. And that's one of those skills that we don't necessarily learn at some point, which is, this is going to go a lot more smoothly. And you're going to wind up being much happier. And I love the title of your podcast. When you can be so confident and so grounded in yourself and your values and your priorities and the way that you want to live your life, that you take yourself out into the world. And then from this beautiful smorgasbord of all of these possibilities, you take yourself on the journey of meeting as many different possibilities as you can and find a person who's your most beautiful match. I really love that. There are such
0: advantages to dating later in life. And... When you talked about the dating experience when you're young, of tossing yourself out there and being very, you know, we're still formulating who we are and how we function in the world. And if you had asked me in my early 20s, well, what are my values? Do I want to live in the country? Do I want to live in a city? And I'd be like, well, sometimes the country, sometimes the city. I'd be, I'm like, I can't figure out what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. I'm so busy in the day to of, day of living. And some of that, as I've gotten older, I've come to more of a centering through my life experiences. I've lived in the country, I've lived in the city, I've lived in other countries. I have experience different things. And so it's no longer a philosophical idea of what I would like to do. It's life experience has demonstrated to me that it seems like a nice idea, but I don't actually want to do that on a day to day. It's a nice place to visit, but I don't want to live there. And so now I bring all that knowing of experience forward. And when you say to me, what do I value? I don't have a panic attack. If you asked me that when I was 21, I'd be like, oh, my God, there's got to be a right answer. What's the right answer? What do I really want? Ooh, how am I feeling today? And like just so many things. And I'm not saying that I don't still have that a bit, but I, I have a better sense now at this point in my life of where it is that I want to go. There I was in my late 40s, single parent of three, I'd done all the doing and now I'm divorced, having to figure things out for myself again and not knowing. And one of the things was trying to get out of the pattern of this is how I live my life so that I could actually make room for someone else and to reassess the values that I had were these the ones that I had been living with because they resonated deeply with me, or because that's where life had led me. Yeah. So I had this whole new opportunity to reexamine what really serves me at this point in my life. And what have I been hanging on to out of habit or circumstance?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. That is so full of thought. I love that. And when you were speaking, I was also thinking about that not only when we're in our teens or twenties, do we think, oh, I don't know, who am I? But unfortunately, what really sets us on a path that sets, sets us up for difficulties dating is we go out into the world and look for other people to tell us who we are. Yeah. Rather than giving ourselves the space and the grace to decide that for ourselves. What
0: are some of the things to start the journey that you do with your clients? You've told the story. What are your next steps?
1: Well, I'm thinking in terms of this being useful for people who are listening to this, who might really be looking to make some changes and maybe they're considering, you know, maybe they have read some books and maybe they have gone to some workshops and, you know, maybe they're looking at next steps for themselves. One thing that I would offer to someone who is looking, listening to this is to really ask yourself why. Why do I want to be in a relationship? What am I looking for? What do I think that I'm going to get from it? But also, and here's something that I don't know if a lot of people think about, what am I going to bring to it? Yeah. Do you find this to be a hard process? Because
0: I think I spent some time just not knowing, because sometimes when we meet someone else and we feel comfortable, is it because it's a good match or it's an old pattern?
1: Oh, that's a really excellent question. Very insightful. I don't know the answer to that. And maybe it's because it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And also maybe it's because it could be both or You really spoke to me with that, though, because I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. For myself, because it's so interesting. I can look back on my friendships. I can look back on my friendships with with women and remember the relationship, the friendship that I was in with one particular person that it came to a point where I was faced with that very question. And I realized at least in that friendship, I was friends with that person because it felt so familiar to me. And yet it was a relationship pattern that I didn't want to repeat. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that I ended that relationship so much as I just let it go. She and I both kind of just stopped Calling each other. I think there was that awareness that happened between us and it just kind of ran its course. And that option is available to us in romantic relationships as well. Not every relationship needs to end with a conversation or a scene. It doesn't have to be a thing, right? Sometimes it can simply run its course and we can let it go. A relationship can still be a valuable relationship, even if it's not a life partnership. Okay. Can we stop for a second? (laughs) I want to stop because I want to honor what you just said. Yeah. Because let's think about, let's just do the math for a second. How many relationships do we have in our lives that don't last forever versus one relationship perhaps that lasts forever? And here's what I think about that one relationship that's a little different from some other people. The only relationship that we are guaranteed to have till death do we part is the one we have with ourselves. Yes. And so often it is the the relationship that we give our least attention to.
0: Oh, 100%. 100% kids, career, family, all of the things. Netflix. Trained to believe that self-care is selfish.
1: Oh yes. And
0: even when we say self-care isn't selfish, we're still kind of like, yeah, but it but it kind of is, you know, when we start setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Getting back to every relationship, there's an opportunity to learn something about how you fit in the world, how you what it is that you truly enjoy. If you go on a date and you date someone for a while and then you find oh, I can't live with that. I didn't know that other people even did that. I didn't even know that that was something that I would find offensive or that I just, just rubs me wrong or isn't aligned with my values or whatever it is. And that doesn't mean it it won't be incredibly painful, possibly, when you part ways.
1: But it doesn't have
0: to be. But the reality is when you have attachment with someone and you might have sadness, profound sadness, even knowing that it isn't meant to be, you can have profound sadness, but also you learned something. Not everybody will be in our lives forever. And when you started thinking of, think of all of the friendships that have have passed. And when we really think about it, your best friend in daycare or in kindergarten that you would run and hug and squeeze, and they were your whole world and what they thought of you. And can you remember that person's name right now? And maybe you can, and maybe you can't. But right. these are people that were deeply impactful and powerful in your life and everything. And when you were put in different classes, you cried about it for days and in the injustice of the world. And that pain was valid. Right. And yet we go on and it's okay. And so if you were still hanging on to every single relationship, Where would you have time in your day to connect with the people that are in your circle today? Because you have 24 hours. And if you tried to send one email or one phone call or one text to every person that has touched your life up until this point, you would no longer sleep and you sure as heck are not going to be having time to make new people and new friends and growth and expansion. Right.
1: I love what you just said. I love what you just said. I want to go back for a second that the whole idea of your best friend from I don't know if you called it we, uh, back east we called it nursery school and then preschool or however you said it, I'm sorry, I don't remember, but there are some people who are still friends with their very first friend from preschool or and from that's okay too. Kindergarten. But not only is it okay, but how rare is it? Yeah. Just like there are some people who are married to the first person they ever dated. They're married to their first love. And that's amazing. And how rare is it? And yet, somebody made up a story that that's the way it should have been for us. And so, for some reason, yeah. this dating journey is wrong, and dating is not punishment. Dating is an integral part of the process of evolving into the woman who sustains the long-term relationship that you want. Yeah. I read something really amazing that there's a reason that toddlers don't just stand up one day and walk across the room the very first time. There's a reason for that because their legs can't hold them up because they've been carried their entire lives up until then. The process of them pushing themselves up and toddling, I love that they're called toddlers and falling back down on their butts and pushing themselves back up again and falling down again and pushing themselves up again until they can take a tentative step and then falling and pushing themselves. This whole process is what builds their muscles, their legs up to hold them up and enable them to walk and dating different people and being ourselves and seeing ourselves and taking ourselves in and learning from ourselves on all of these dates is the process for us understanding oh you know i thought that i would like that but turns out i don't really like that oh i never even heard about that i like that a lot i didn't even know that that existed that's the process that's building us up and yet for some reason so many people i don't like to say the word but i'm i'm going to say it because i hear it so frequently i hate dating don't hate it. It's really hard to hate your way to happy. Yeah. Don't hate it. Learn from it. In my teens, in my 20s, when I was very outward focused, when I thought that I was supposed to be out in the world learning from guys who I was. And when you're outward focused like that, when you're looking to other people, whether it's guys you're dating or other adults around you or your friends or whoever it is, when you're looking to to find out who you are from other people, you're also very focused on what those other people are presenting. And so we get caught up in the, Oh, this didn't work out. It's about him. Oh, I'm not happy. That's because of him and there's 8 billion people in the world, we can't possibly think that we get to tell all these other people how they should be acting or what they need to be doing for us. We have to look at ourselves and say, how am I being? What do I really want? And what do I really bring? And then find the marriage of that with someone who's in really good alignment with us i feel that sometimes we
0: feel scared to say i don't want that because we haven't been taught that our preferences are valid if your girlfriend asks you after the date it's acceptable to say well he did this and then everybody's like oh yeah you don't want that but it's a little harder to say he's really lovely but he's not what I'm looking for because I want X, Y, or Z. And I know for myself, I would sometimes get feedback of, give him another chance. And then I would not connect with my knowing because what I would hear externally was, you
1: probably aren't a good enough judge yet about whether
0: this person's the right one.
1: I want to say that I absolutely agree with you and on one point with what you said you would hear as well. I'm curious, though. why would you think that it's harder to say that? It's harder to say, oh, he's very, very lovely, but not what I'm looking for.
0: I think that I found it harder because the story that I was telling myself was that I should be giving them more opportunities, more of a chance, not cutting things off too quickly. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I knew inside, but that wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. that me just feeling a no inside, Mm -hmm. that that wasn't valid enough reason. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it's absolutely valid. And though it's so fascinating because it goes back to the question that you brought up earlier, is it, and I'm going to misquote what you said earlier, but it's along the same lines. It's valid for now, in this moment, in this interaction. And yet, Might it also be part of your pattern? Yes. To say, oh boy, nope. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that's why I want to say, yes, I agree with you. And I agree with your friends.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can
1: totally see that. Absolutely. Here's what what I offer to people. And again, everything that I say now, all the work that I do with my clients, I road test everything, (laughs) right? Right. And and a lot of it is is from what I've been taught. A lot of it is from the coaching that I received for myself when I was really ready to move up and evolve from reading the books to doing the workshops to then I needed some real personal, you know, when when I had that moment of, okay, well, if it's me, then I need to work on me. And when I was ready to do that work and and went into coaching for myself, I was given invaluable information. Mm -hmm. And we were always told to go on three dates with someone to give them a chance. But here's what I've evolved that to be on a first date, someone, both of you can be nervous, especially if he's someone who's already decided that he likes you. I know that I get nervous. And I know that when I'm nervous, I'm not necessarily really well connected with myself. Mm -hmm. If there are things happening that are bugging you things like, Oh, he talked so much or he didn't really listen to me, or he seemed to not be focusing on me. And he was kind of like looking around and I don't know. And and what that means, you know, if there are things going on like that, then I would really strongly suggest that you do go on a second date. If that's a possibility for both of you, because those things could simply be signs of him being nervous. Also, what I do a lot with my clients, especially for people who are dating online and not everyone does we do a lot of work about even getting to that date, knowing that you have selected well to even meet someone in person, because that all takes a lot of energy. And that is where people can start to really feel it's just too much sometimes. And it's overwhelming. And what I do is really help women cut out the overwhelm. So you've gotten that far. You've already decided that he's someone you're interested enough in. You went on a first date, go on a second date and see if the second time he's more comfortable with you. And maybe you're more comfortable with him as well. I know I talk a lot. I talk a lot anyway, but when I get nervous, (laughs) I don't know how many men there are in the world who have said, oh God, no, I couldn't live with that. And maybe if we'd gotten to a second date, I would have come down and been a little more quiet. So there's that. And and that's what what I really would say. You know, a third, you know, and if you're on that second date and you're able to reconnect with all those things that you liked about him up until that point, and you can start to have a little more of a sense of a connection, great. Then we solved that problem. And if you get to the end of that date and you do feel like you got a better sense of him, and mm, yeah, no, I don't think so. And you know that it's not simply your pattern to say, nope, really soon, then honor that. Wow, you just
0: gave us so many gems and I think a bit of a path forward for our listeners. And I hope that anybody who is listening to this podcast is able to take some of that and really absorb it. It's not easy, but it doesn't have to be so hard. There are steps that we can take to challenge ourselves, to grow, to get out of our patterns so that we can have the love that is our birthright. Love is our birthright. Loving ourselves is the first step knowing what we value. And if having a life partner and that other love is the goal, then it's out there ready and waiting. And thank you so much, Lena, for giving us some amazing tools and your knowledge and wisdom have been incredible. And I'm sure this is going to be really powerful for someone and change the way that they see things. What is the best way for our listeners to reach you?
1: Well, first, I want to say thank you to you. And this has been a lovely experience. And I'm so glad to be able to offer some insights to people. I am on social media at have more love. And I have a website, olinaerenberg.com. And I welcome comments and messages. And I just would really love, I'd love to know from your listeners, if you heard something here today that resonated for you, I would love for you to drop me a message and let me know. And my great hope is that women start having fun dating. Because that's where the happy is. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. And I will put your contact information in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Thank you. And now for the recap. Dating is a skill. Some learn it when they're young and some later in life. But regardless, it is a skill that can be learned. Before you start dating, it can be helpful to pause and ask yourself, what are your values? What are your priorities? What is your lifestyle like? Do you love what you currently have? What do you want more of? What do you wish could be different? And also ask yourself, why do I want to be in a relationship? What am I looking for? What do I think I will get from it? And what am I bringing to it? Every relationship has the potential to be a valuable relationship, even if it isn't a life partnership. The fairy tale tells us that we go out into the world, we're kissed by the prince, and that's the end of the story. And there are some who married their first boyfriend and had a happily ever after. But that's rare. Dating is a natural part of the process, so the dating and breaking up is necessary. It's like a toddler learning to walk and building that strength. That is what the process of dating different people is. And it's also important to give ourselves the grace and space to figure out what we value and what we're looking for in a relationship. While some of this happens before we start dating, by asking ourselves the questions that Lena gave us, it also happens while we're dating. And here are a couple of other tips that Lena gave us. It takes energy to meet someone, so commit to spending a bit of time in the selection process and getting to see if you've shared values and priorities. And also, people get nervous on a first date, so consider a second date if that's a possibility so you can find out if they're different when they're more relaxed. And finally, the only guaranteed relationship to be there our whole life is us, and that's often the most neglected relationship, so remember to do things for yourself. Things that nourish your mind, body, and spirit. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for joining another episode of Happiest Ever After. There are so many more amazing guests scheduled. And so today I'm going to ask you to click the follow button so you don't miss one of them. Taking some time for yourself to listen to these amazing guests is a wonderful form of self-care. I often listen to my favorite podcast while I'm grocery shopping, which makes a rather dull chore more interesting. I'd love to hear from you what is your favorite time to listen to Happyish? Hop over to Instagram and send me a note and let me know. You can find me at Tatiana Robertson Official, and I'll make sure to put my
1: Instagram in the show notes today.